It's so important for leaders at the top of organizations to keep learning, stay sharp, grow their networks, to help our audience better do this in a more simplified, personalized, and meaningful way, Becker's Healthcare has launched MyBHC. It's your trusted Becker's Healthcare experience and more with content, connections, events, and learning opportunities. Join the community free of charge at www.my.beckershospitalreview.com and we'll see you there. This is Riz Hatton with the Becker's flagship and digital health and health IT podcast. I'm thrilled to be joined today by David Sylvan, president of University Hospitals Ventures. David, thank you so much for being here today. Ruth, it's my pleasure. Thank you for having me on again. Yeah, thank you so much. So could you introduce yourself and tell us a bit about your background? Sure, happy to. University Hospitals is a 23 hospital system in Northeast Ohio. Um, we span a, a roughly 19 or so counties with about 33 or so thousand employees. But uh, more importantly, we are the uh, hometown team when it comes to care delivery for our community, for our populations, and for our families in the region. The Ventures platform is a combination of what we would think of as traditional uh, embedded corporate venture capital, capital deployment primarily for early stage opportunities, as well as what many would understand to be the traditional innovation activities for a healthcare system process reimagination, human-centered design, patient-to-provider experience work, et cetera. Um, we are ostensibly the commercialization and innovation platform for our system. I've been with the, uh, the system for about eight years. Uh, that, that matches the, the longevity of the, of the platform. It was started about eight years ago. We've gone through a number of transitions as, as we've grown, as we've evolved, as we've continued to uh, blend and, and tweak our offering to match the needs of our system, as well as the, the ever-changing landscape within, within healthcare. And I came to healthcare, I can probably no longer say I'm the new guy in the block, it's been eight years, but I came from an investment banking and capital markets background, did that for about 17 years, and prior to that, spent almost a decade working in uh, professional sports with a company by the name of, of IMG. And uh, happy to be with you today and looking forward to our conversation. Fantastic. Sounds like you have a lot of great experience there. So my first question for you is, what are the big trends you're following in health tech and venture capital today? Sure. And uh, we'll run out of time working through the list, so I'm going to be brief, Ruth. But, uh, you know, reduced to a few highlights, obviously, we can't uh, ignore and we have to start with the 800-pound gorilla, namely artificial intelligence and large language models, machine learning, et cetera, increasingly utilized in our space for any number of applications, imaging analysis, personalized medicine, um, predictive analytics, um, drug discovery, where there's a lot of activity, as well as some of the more mundane and administrative tasks that we can look to uh, help to perhaps use AI to streamline, uh, to enable people to perhaps work uh, slightly higher up in the, in the licensure and, and reduce errors by using you know, automation from that standpoint. Um, then I'd say probably value-based care. You know, the, the traditional fee-for-service model is fortunately gradually evaporating and we are transitioning towards value-based care. I think every system's in a different place when it comes to 
their journey and their evolution, but really focusing on outcomes whilst, redu whilst reducing costs. The, the, the patient, their health, their wellness being the focus uh, and how that might then impact the business models to, to support that delivery of care. Uh, obviously, an emphasis around preventative care, um, care coordination, reimbursement models, uh, rather than just the quantity of, of uh, services or bolt-ons that we provide. Ruth, we're also uh, following the trends and the velocity around all of the omics, genomics, proteomics, et cetera, personalized genetics. Um, you know, advances in these areas from a testing perspective, um, enabling us to identify uh, pre-identified genetic predispositions to diseases, how we could uh, uh, impact those uh, ahead of the game, so to speak. Um, and this type of work is also going to guide personalized treatment plans, risk assessments, um, uh, preventative measures tailored to, to an individual's genetic profile. Um, Big data and analytics, we can, never, we can never ignore that. And there's a thread between everything that we've talked about that of course has a big data and analytics underpinning. We generate a vast amount of data in, in healthcare. Not sure we always are optimizing or potentializing the leverage of that data. And you know we're looking to how we can use advanced uh, analytics to help us provide those valuable insights for you know, care improvement and disease pattern recognition and certainly with a population focus uh, when it comes to health uh, uh, management and, and operational efficiencies. Um, it's not that we're forgetting domains like telemedicine and digital health and remote, remote health route. Those, those sort of now pervade everything that we look at. Uh, that gene that is not going in back in the bottle, of course, along with, uh, with social determinants and patient as consumer, patient as, as customer. And I think the, the second part of your question related to, to venture capital today, is that is that correct, Ruth? Yes. Yeah, we, we're paying close attention to, I think what everyone can acknowledge to be a risk off uh, market. There is money on the sidelines. It's not as if there's a shortage of capital. Uh, there's just a lot more scrutiny on the quality of the asset, the, um, the defensibility of the value proposition. Uh, and, uh, you know, that remains a focus for our portfolio companies or even those that we have in, in, in diligence. Now, obviously, traditional fund constructs with, with, with various vintages will have a compulsion to have to deploy capital um, uh, within a certain time frame, so we could start to see a pendulum come back. But right now, there's a quality quality play. Your your great assets are definitely getting disproportional attention, uh, while other need to deliver actual plans to to you know to either stretch their burn or rationalize without a, a material deviation from their their product or or offering roadmap. Um, and you know some of the conversations are are tough, Ruth. There are uh, failed raises. There are some some op operations not looking to raise in this environment because of, you know, maybe covenant structures that they've not seen for a while. You know, it's very it's very um, capital provider friendly right now from a term sheet uh, perspective. But those who have bulletproof value propositions are 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 getting the attention, and uh, you know, we'll just have to be cognizant of macro policy. You know 
Fed policy rates, election cycles, geopolitical impacts, you know, and the other macro influences that will be critical to watch as they will have a trickle-down impact on, you know, velocity of capital deployment. Fantastic. Thanks for touching on both of those. So my next question for you is, how are startups faring in today's volatile environment? And what will make for successful growth and commercialization? When money is more freely flowing, Ruth, I think um, startups can get away with some, some gaps in their value prop. That's no longer, the, not, and they shouldn't have, but, but you know, money changed deals because it had to be deployed. I think what we're seeing now is our, our companies laser focused on value propositions, who their first customers, customers are, a really uh, defensible assessment of addressable markets and, and what percentage thereof could be captured. Um, sophisticated understandings of, if applicable, you know, the, the regulatory pathways and, uh, you know, from a technology standpoint, what does it mean to, to integrate and, you know, what are we doing to workflows? And, and it's no longer a case of it, it looks good, it's a, it's a shiny object and there's some excitement about it being a, a new tool. Uh, it's got to make life easier, quicker, more efficient less risky uh, or, or, or provide sort of a combination thereof. So in today's environment, there's a lot more focus on team and the, the quality of, the, of the, the value proposition. And I think that's what will make for successful growth and commercialization. And, you know, that first, first second, third customers, critically important, very, very challenging to get to. I think everyone, every everyone on, on this audience understands the complexity of selling into healthcare. So, you know, displaying an understanding of that process, I think, you know, could could put some ahead of others in that, uh, you know, in that journey. Interesting. Thank you. And I know earlier you touched a bit on AI. Where does AI fit into the future of healthcare, and what are the smartest companies doing? You know, yeah, I did make a mention of AI earlier in terms of uh, how it make, might make the job a little bit more uh, less aeroporn, a little bit more efficient. Um, certainly, the low-hanging fruit fits into all of the the, the sort of uh, the, the broad domain of decision support. Um, you know, we often hear the 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 false the false the, the falsehood around you know robots replacing jobs, and that's just not going to happen. It should make jobs easier, easier, better, more efficient, and uh, and uh, uh, less error prone. I think those individuals who um, opt to or choose to won't or can't lean into AI as a, an adjacent tool, as an accretive tool. I think there's some jeopardy there. But the smartest companies are really focusing on quality. I think there is still a touch of Wild West mentality when it comes to AI builds. Um, and I think you're starting to see a lot of narrative around uh, uh, sanitization and quality of the underlying builds to ensure that bias, whether that, for, as an example, uh, you know, implicit or overt, uh, is, is washed from, from, from the underlying algorithms, um, and whether or, or not it is, in fact, going to be a, an efficiency play from a, uh, a, a, an adjunct, adjunctive tool perspective, 
or it's just something else that's going to sit on the shelf for, you know, uh, you know, garnering dust. So um, I think we're in our early, early innings still. Um, when people think of AI and they think of generative AI and they think of ChatGPT, that is just a very small slice and a very small uh, facet of what might be and uh, to some extent what is becoming to be when it comes to builds in this space. Well, that sounds really exciting. It'll be interesting to see what comes next. Speaking of, what are you most excited about right now and what makes you nervous? Ruth, excited about um, the continued pace and velocity of, uh, of, of innovation and a, a sort of heightened sense that we are hopefully collectively on the cusp of some major breakthroughs clinically, you know, treatments and cures and, uh, and operationally, technology-driven efficiency gains, value improvements, reductions uh, in risk, but of course, not at the expense of the experience, the, the, the experience of the patient, the provider, the care team, et cetera. I think what makes me nervous is, and you know, we have to face the ugly truth. We, we the United States, still rank near the bottom when it comes to health outcomes for so-called wealthy industrialized countries, countries spending, you know, half or less than us in terms of percentage of GDP with substantially better results. And we should be ashamed of that. You know, we, 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 we own that problem and how might we disrupt and, and disintermediate to, to close that, that delta. Can't do it uh, in one foul swoop. We're going to have to chip away at it by domain or, or uh, um, by, by region or by disease state, but we have to make make substantial strides when it comes to uh, crosswalking the quality of our outcomes with the runaway expense associated with that. People can't afford their, their own health care, and you know, for for the well, by many measures, maybe all measures, the wealthiest country in the world, um, that's unacceptable. Fascinating. Well, David, thank you so much for your time today. And thank you so much for, for joining us on the podcast and offering your fascinating insights here. I look forward to connecting with you again in the future. Hi, this Ruth. I appreciate you having me and uh, always happy to be uh, uh, visiting with my Becker's friends.